Hello and welcome to another episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Jamie and I am back. It feels like I say that quite often this season, you know, actually. I am back, hopefully for good now. Um, as ever, I'm joined by the two guys who have been keeping us going over the last few weeks, Angus and Dan. How are you boys? Yeah, good, thanks, Jamie. Yeah, not Dan? bad, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we cannot be arsed speak about Gaffer this week after <laughs> how bad it's gone. But we're here for the listeners and we'll do our bit. So we'll get straight into it. No messing about. How bad have you done this week? Shall we phrase it like that? Yeah, I'll go first. <laughs> go on, Dan. First of all. Um, so I done, I've got 54 minus four. I'm down to 688th in the world. Um, my best player was Solanke with 12 points, uh, Cornick with seven, Lowe with eight, Giles with six, uh, Captain Mitrovic, Vikes, Captain Adebayo. Um, yeah, just another bad week. Every player I'm taking out is scoring double digits, so that run continues. Thanks, Victor. And um, yeah, let's move on to someone else quickly. Angus, I'll let you go. If we get a bit better than that. Yeah, so uh, only just. So I was 59 minus four. Um, red arrow down to 476. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm Mitrovic captain and Solanke vice captain, which that went quite nicely, obviously, with his 12 pointer going up to 18. I had Christie nine, Cornick six. Um, Swift five. Biggest thing for me though was the Borough defensive double up, which I'll get to later. And I had Victor sitting first sub with his 16 points. So obviously on another day that goes differently, but um that added to the pain. So 59 minus four. Lovely. Well, you two have made me feel a bit better because <laughs> I am having a mare, but it, well, well, it was that bad this week. I got 94 minus four this week, but don't think that's a good score. I was on away days, so if I hadn't scored that, it'd have been an absolute shocker. Um, absolutely gutted, really. Um, like you mentioned there, Angus, Middlesbrough losing to Hull really did move it, and when you see the own goal from Lumley, it just makes it that much worse. Um, it's just a pile of shit, really. None of my defence scored any points. Robinson, Townsend and McNair. Harry Wilson and Mitrovic both did fuck all. Um, I was stupid enough to listen to FPL Kazi and FPL Beery in our group chat and decided to bring Vyman in for Victor. That went absolutely incredible because I got the four points. It would have been a two-pointer. Um, I can't really moan about Victor though because I was on a way days. He would have been on my bench and he wouldn't have got on anyway, so... At least I don't have to look at his points on the bench with Smiths. Um, Brereton Diaz obviously scored. Jed Wallace gained assists. 11 points in total with his bonus. Swift getting me 12. Obviously, six doubled. Um, I'm now 67th overall. So I have had a green arrow, but I'm not really seeing it as a green because we always say about away days, we ex- you know, you want close to 200 points if you could, really. So, yeah. Shit game. I'd had enough of that. My weekend started well because I was just so for Friday night. 
honestly, incredible atmosphere. Loved it. Went wait till 12 Saturday. Got in for the Fulham game and then it just went downhill from there. I wish I never bothered. But yeah, enough of us moaning. I know some of the listeners are out there. You've had good weeks. So congratulations. I won't be better. Still think you cunts, but yeah. And let's just... Oh, if you're new listening to this podcast, by the way, I do apologise, but it's what you get Same every week. Next week anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just glad. I am actually glad for this international break. Actually, we can dust ourselves down and go again um, after the break. Let's review the match week then, game week or whatever. Um, we'll go in order from the quest highlights. We watched them. Um, so first game, Coventry four, Fulham one. Goals by Victor got two, Matson and Godden penalty assist for Coventry from Aware. Godden won the penalty that he scored, and he also got another assist. Fulham's goal came from McFadden's own you know, goal. Three, po- I can't get my words out. Three top point scorers for the game: Victor sixteen, Godden fifteen, and Matson ten. So now I'd give the listeners that delightful information. Dan, you're going to take over the. Didn't laugh like it wasn't useful. You're going to take over the home team, aren't you? And just talk about Coventry. Yeah. So. Um... Coventry, obviously, in the game before, got absolutely spanked 5-0 by Luton. And, uh, as you'd expect from a 5-0, it was comfortable. So they did make uh, some changes. They made four. They brought in Dabo, Sheaf, Kelly and Godden. Um, Waghorn missed, was missing due to COVID. Um, but obviously, with it being international break, it won't really affect them. And Hamer was um, suspended for getting five yellow cards. Um, so, yeah, I think the main thing was how were Coventry going to react after getting hammered 5-0. Um, and they went 1-0 down in the game, so they could have crumbled again, but they didn't. They showed character. Um, and obviously, they they done well uh, in the second half. Fun just couldn't cope with the the press and the pressure that Coventry were dealing to them. So, yeah, um, I got rid of Victor. Um, I think he's he's just proving he's a, he's a good striker at this level in a team that all the stats show that they're a top six side. Like, this isn't a fluke from Coventry. They deserve to be top six. Um, I think before the Fulham game, they hadn't really played anyone who you'd consider like some of the best teams in the league. But Fulham will be top six, probably top two. So for them to do this to Fulham, um, and it was a deserved win, I think it shows how good Coventry are. So, yeah. In terms of gaffer assets, then, um, obviously a lot of people would have benched their assets because it's Fulham, and obviously I think we would all made that a choice. Um, in hindsight, it's a mistake, but it is what it is. But going forward then, for the last few weeks we've mentioned it's more McFadden and Victor as the free assets to have. Would you still, would you say that's the case, or would you make a case for Garden as well, maybe? Because we talked about him before last season, and he obviously had the injury that kept him out. He's back in the team now, getting points. What's your opinion, Dan? I think um, Victor's the the option as a striker. Yeah, uh, I think 
Gordon only got minutes because Waghorn was out. Um, I think there's still O'Hare is still an option. Like I know he's he has been underperforming, but all his basic stats are there. Um, and that, having seen Coventry in the flesh, he's a really really good player. Like it's not going to be long before he's in the Premier League. Um, so yeah, but I think because everyone's got more and McFadden's such a great price. Um, it's hard to go away f- from them, but the left back's good going forward. Um, what's his uh, Madsen or something like Madsen, that? Yeah, yeah, he's he's a good player. Not great defensively. He got he he was the weak link when Luton hammered him, but going forward, he's going to get assists and goals. I think. So we're still seeing them free as the assets to have, but. You can make a claim for the mats in the left back, and definitely aware. I can see why you say aware. Um, Fulham then, Angus. Not what we expected, was it? Um, what no. went wrong? Um, I mean, it, part of it is it's just a bad day that kept getting worse. I think it's worth saying um, there were some issues at the back for them, which isn't surprising when you think they're playing half a backup defence. Um, Silver had talked after the midweek game about how you would need to rotate because they'd gone three games in a week. Some of the guys just couldn't do it. Um, it was surprising then, though, that um, Adarabaya was one of the ones he chose to rotate, particularly leaving Tim Ream in the team, because given what we've seen with Coventry's capability hitting teams, particularly on the counter putting a centre-back partnership out there of Mawson and Ream is asking for trouble. Um, Dennis Adoy's had some good moments for Fulham at, at right-back, but he's not good enough. And they're playing him because Kenny Tete's out and Cyrus Christie basically just isn't available um, because they've decided that he's not going to play and so um, he's not available for the team. Um Unfortunately, that all came together to hurt them. I also think Seri has been key for them in midfield in the sort of holding role, and they decided to rotate him as well. Um, so the deeper lying player was Harrison Reed, and then the other two midfield players, either side of him, the two eights were Josh Onema and Bobby Deckard over Reed. Um, Onema had a bit of a howler. Um, yeah. What he's doing on the goal where he tackles Tim Ream and then loses the ball, I don't know. And I'm not sure Josh Onema knows. Um, You know, and then it just started snowballing. I mean, it's worth saying from their point of view, the penalty is never a penalty. Um, It's it's like, I don't know how the officials between them haven't sort of seen that it's a dive because, you know, it's a pretty clear dive. But, you know, I mean, I think Coventry were good, but. I think Fulham's rotation, all the things they sort of did to the team, a couple of which were enforced, a couple of which were sort of optional. It didn't work. Um, And it left them... Angus, I know you say about rotation, but they've got the best squad in the league. Like, there's no excuse for that. Yeah, but I mean, you look at it, they're they're bringing guys like Alfie Mawson and Dennis Adoy into the team. He got called up for England. (laughs) <laughs> so that's, 
I'm sorry, that's not an excuse. And they were showed how to beat Coventry in midweek. You have to press them. But Mitrovic can't press. They can't, they can't press with that front three. No, but they couldn't leave Mitrovic out. The, the alternative no, no, is to leave Mitrovic out. And... But, but they, they were shown how to beat Coventry, and they, they just didn't do it. Yeah, I mean, part of it is a bad day. Part of it is sort of the players that, I mean, that, that particularly, I mean, you could say Mawson got called up for England. That was like five injuries and however many years ago as well, which doesn't help. And Dennis Adoy, I mean, I like he's, he wasn't good enough in the Premier League. I think at this point he's not good enough in the Championship either. Um, I think if you have to, ro- and that's where I criticise Silver in that I understand when he was talking about like the, you know, this being the end of four games in two weeks or whatever, five games in 14 days or whatever. But he hadn't done enough rotation in the meantime of the team. And then he rotated all the wrong players. Like you, you know, if you if you need to rotate a centre back, the fact that you leave yourself with Mawson and Ream, basically neither of whom can run at this point against Coventry, you're asking for trouble. There was no control in the midfield, and then you can't press from the front. So you're not controlling the ball, and you're not stopping it coming back at you. It's just all a perfect storm, really. I've got a couple of following questions for you, Angus. First one, because obviously you do the injuries. When's Tete due back? They're hopeful that he might actually return to training during this break. Ah, that's really good timing then. And yeah. Carvalho, he's, he's already in training now, isn't he? So yeah, he's, he's, he's in training. That's, the, that's a contract issue. Now. Well, he's in training. He, he, yeah. he got into training, I think the first day was, I want to say Wednesday, they said. First day he was back in training. Um, and they basically decided that they weren't going to rush it to get him back because they made it worse the last time by having him play through when they thought when they thought he'd be all right. So I think that was part of it. Um, certainly, if he's if he's not back in the first game after the break because he's not going anywhere on international duty or under twenty ones or anything like that. So if he's not back after the break, then something seriously wrong there particularly because you look at some of the issues they've had in the in attack I mean you know they won against Swansea but there was some spark and some creativity missing in that attack with Carvalho being the easy and obvious solution for that. Okay hopefully you'll be back soon then Um, and then my last question well, it's kind of two questions. Do you think the rotation will carry on throughout the season? Because you know how relentless the league is in terms of schedule. I don't think so. I think this was just... I don't think Silver are properly prepared for it the first time it's properly happened, where I think it was five day- games in 14 days, I think it was. And he just he hadn't prop- properly accounted for it. So he'd rotated the odd guy, particularly in the midfield, and then was suddenly like, you know oh shit, most of these guys have played like, you know, four times in 10 days or whatever. I I can't ask them to play again. And so he suddenly had like three or four issues there. Um, I still think think Wilson and Mitrovic ain't going to rotate those. Oh no, 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 no. And I I think he'll learn learn from this as well. Like Robinson Robinson could be with Brian. Um, I mean, the midweek game, obviously, you know, the midweeks happened since we last podded. 
Robinson was had picked up up a training injury, he pro- he would have been fine to play. So I wouldn't read too much into Joe Bryan playing in that game. Um, it sounds like the shirt will will stay Robinson's for the majority of the games. Right, so that brings me on to the last part. Then is we spoke about Fulham quite a lot over the last ten weeks, and we kind of agreed on the triple up of Wilson, Carvalho, and Mitrovic, and then Robinson is probably the fourth. Or if you want a defensive asset, he's the one. Where do you think we're at in terms of Fulham assets? Um, Mitrovic has got to be definitely a key panty. Wilson, yeah. you could argue. You need him because he can explode at any time. Where would you have a third, or would you be happy with just them two? What's your thoughts, Angus? I mean, it's tough. I mean, I'd still, I'd still want Carvalho theoretically if he's back, yeah. particularly at his price. It's, it's a no-brainer. Um, there's an argument if, if Tete comes, if Tete's back after the break. There's an argument for getting him in, particularly because he was good on the bonus before as well. So, and you'd think that him being back, Adarabio being back in the team, you'd you'd think that would sort of sort their issues out defensively. Um, the other one that I had flagged up to me, which would be a watch and wait, is Cabano. He's put, he started the last two. He's six point four, and he was on some of the corners and free kicks. So I wouldn't go to him yet, but he's the one I would just keep an eye on. I haven't seen a lot of him, but in the game yesterday, he was not as shy as he was. Yeah, but I mean, they all... Was really bad. <laughs> um, he, he, was, he was bright against um, Swansea in midweek. And the other thing with him is he's a pretty good crosser. So obviously, when you've got someone like Mitrovic, there is always the potential for return with a player like that. The only thing is... The obvious move when Carvalho comes back is to move Bobby Reed back out to the left. So that's where I say if he stays in the team, particularly with the set pieces, he might be an option, but you wouldn't be going anywhere near it yet. Okay, okay. Right, we'll move on then from Coventry and Fulham. And the next game, Bournemouth 2, Sheffield United 1. Goals by Solanke, a penalty, and Billing again. Slanky won the penalty that he converted and Christie got the other assist for Sheffield United. Morgan Gibbs-White got the goal. Billy Sharp with another assist. Top point scorers were Slanky 12, Billy and Christie on nine. So, Bournemouth, Dan, undefeated. What are your thoughts on them? Uh, so, I think it was interesting that um, they went back to the team that beat Luton, uh, the front four of Christie on the right, Billing at the 10, Anthony on the left and Solanke up front. Um, they did rotate during midweek against Peter, Peterborough and, and they they drew the game. So you get the feeling that's Parker's favourite front four at the minute. So that means no Brooks. Um, so yeah, I, I think Bournemouth are still going a bit under the radar. Like they're not. They're not doing great on the stats and everything, but just because their their attacking players are so good, they're they're scoring points. So I, I still think there's another couple of gears they can go up. Um, I've got Solanke pretty confident he scores regularly. Um, I think he's got about seven goals already this season. So happy to keep him. I think a lot of people have Zamora at the back 
wouldn't be getting rid of him either. Um, I, and I don't hate Billing or Christie if you want them either. I like Billing. Um, really like Billing. Solanke, obviously, we know what Solanke does. Um, I'm asking because I've got no Bournemouth assets, and the reason I haven't is because I was planning for this away days this week. So, obviously, Bournemouth were at home. But going forward, my main priority is to get Bournemouth assets. Um, if I was to ask you who you'd prioritise, Dan, in regard in regards to Bournemouth assets, who would they be? It depends. If if you think, when you look at the fixtures, you're going to captain a player from Bournemouth, then I think you go to Solanke. If not, I think with the form of Mitrovic, um, Brewer and Diaz, Victor, I think you can not go without Solanke and maybe go for a Billing or a Christie. Um, and like I said, I like some more at the back as well. Okay, interesting. And Sheffield United, Angus, then? Yeah, so they were unchanged in this game, although the big news for them was that Lise Mousset was back on the bench. Um, obviously, they're their goal was a bit route one. Um, and I think they, they seem to have settled onto this lineup, which isn't the worst, but I think they, they can sort of be forced to go a bit route one at times by it. Um, Gibbs White again with, you know, with a goal. And I think he's sort of, he's looking very good in that team. Um, I wonder whether they might try and work him centrally more. Um, he does a good job on the right, but I think particularly with with how much he ma- he seems to make happen, I think particularly if Musa is coming back, it might be a, a sort of shift Gibbs White inside, um, depending on whether Jakanovic is going to keep going with Billy Sharp, uh, <laughs> which it seems like he's he's really keen on playing Billy Sharp as much as possible. So... Um, it may well be that that's a way of sorting that and still getting Musse in the team. But they're they're a bit of a funny one, Sheffield United. I'm not quite sure what to do with them. I sold both Sheffield United players that I had this week. Um, Who was um, that? Morrison Davies and... Gibbs White. Oh, you sold him this week. Yeah, but I, I sold him for Christie, so... It, it was yeah, and, and obviously we had Bournemouth, so you can see why you do that. Yeah, my thinking with Sheffield United is I've never, or oh, I haven't been keen on them all season, to be fair. And the only one I'm looking at is Gibbs White. Uh, yeah. I haven't been able to get him in yet, but I think he's looking good value. He seems to be the main man if you get a goal notification. Yeah. Um, and it's Sheffield United. Gibbs White's normally involved, either a goal or assist. Um, regarding them defensively, no, I'm not keen on it no. yet. Definitely not. Um, up front, how long can Billy Sharp play every game for? At was he 35? Something like that, yeah. And if he does, so I wouldn't go there for him. And then I definitely wouldn't go for any of the others who would come in for him at the moment. But Moussa is interesting because I had him at the beginning for game yeah. one. Um, he obviously started then, so he is first choice striker, I'd say. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what he does. But yeah, going forwards, 
don't think it's for me. For anyone else, though, Angus, if you were to recommend an asset or two, who would it be? <laughs> Dan's shaking his head. I mean, I'll give you Gibbs White. I think Gibbs White will still yeah. get returns. I'm not giving you anyone else. <laughs> Just yeah, not doing I, it. I, I agree with that. <laughs> I think it's Gibbs White and nobody. Yes. Do you agree, Dan? Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Also, um, just to let you know, since they've come, become a bit more attacking since after the first international break, um, they're conceding a lot of big chances. They've conceded 23 uh, during the whole season. So that's over two a game. And in eight of the, the 11, they have conceded two or more big chances. So I would get away from their defence. Before we move on, a quick one on Bournemouth. The goal came, you know, Sheffield United's goal came from a long ball, didn't it? Down the right. Now, I've seen the goal, Sharp put it across, but who did that go through? Bournemouth's defence for Sharp get through. Was it Callie and Zamora? I assume so, but I, I wasn't sort of looking as actively at who the defenders were against it. Yeah, I didn't, and I wish I had now because I was just going to bring up that was my concern weeks ago. Callian Zamora defensively, um, especially aerial balls, and I don't want to say it is them and call them out for it in case it wasn't. Um, but I think that's one to watch with Bournemouth defensively. Um, but Zamora, think... you've got the attacking potential, haven't you, with Zamora? Yeah, that's what I was yeah. about to say, Jamie. But, and also, the price is pretty good as well. Yeah. You're not going to go anybody else defensively at Bournemouth, are you? No. Right, let's move on then. And a nil-nil. Luton nil, Huddersfield nil. No goals, no assists, obviously. Top three point scorers were Bree, 10 points. Bradley and Lockyer, nine. And former Luton player Pearson on nine as well. So it was a Luton um, lockout there. Um, go on, Dan. Obviously, you were at the game, weren't you? Yeah. Um, so. Uh, Luton continued with the 3-5-2. Um, the last couple of games, Bradley's been back in the team, our captain, two clean sheets from those two games. Um, it was a bit tricky, this game, because the weather didn't help the way we wanted to play. We've been playing a lot of balls into the channels and they were just um, skidding off. We were the better team in the first half, but you could tell Huddersfield were very wary of what we'd done to Swansea and and Coventry in the last two home games. They they basically didn't press us. They basically let us have the ball so we couldn't get in behind using Cornick and Adebayo's pace. Um, but we still created the, the best chance of the game. Cornick went down the right, uh, put it across the box, and Amari Bell hit the woodwork from about five yards out, should have scored. Um, second half, uh, Huddersfield done a bit better, got back into it, but they were quite happy with a point and they got it. Um, overall, I think Luton are progressing well, data-wise, top six for attack up there with Fulham and West Brom. Um, so I think, as I said, once we get our injuries back, Bradley's now back in the team, I think we're going to climb up the table. Um, yeah, so that's it. Regarding Luton then, obviously Cornick has 
grabbed a bit of attention over the last week or so on Twitter. People have brought him in because he's playing up front. Um, you've advocated that quite a bit. Regarding Onas, I know you've got Adebayo, but not from your own team's point of view, but for the listeners, if you're going to recommend any Luton assets going forward, who are they? So Cornick's number one. If if we're playing five three two, he's playing up front. Um, he's I think he's five point seven for a midfielder who's playing up front. So I would, and you don't have to play him every week if you don't want to. So it's definitely an option. Um, I think our second best asset is probably Bree in defence. We've we've kept five clean sheets this season, two since Bradley's come back into the team. Um, if it's a low-scoring game, we saw last season and this season, Bree always gets in the bonus. I think he was top bonus um, for the nil-nil. Um, and as he's playing wing-back, he's getting more forward. Um, not so much in this game, but against Coventry, he could have had an, an assist, a goal, things like that. So, yeah, they're the two best options. Adebayo's a good option, but... I think there's better better strikers, to be honest. That's the problem. Um, I know you mentioned why you're keeping Adebayo, and I understand that. But when you've got Mitrovic, Bredesen, Diaz, Victor and Solanke, they're probably the four strikers, aren't they, at the moment, um, who everybody's got. You're probably going to get one of them, aren't you? Um, Huddersfield, Dan, what are we saying about Huddersfield? I mean... Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. work. <laughs> yeah. Um, are a bit of a a strange one. They, it it's a bit it's a bit of a mixed bag at this point. I mean, I think like, like Dan was saying, they seem to bit sort of we've hit an end of a run here, and we're quite scared of sort of getting getting beat. I think it's also worth saying that I think part of that approach was probably because they haven't scored a goal in three of their last four. They they put they scored three in beating Blackburn 3-2 uh, in midweek. But the three before that, they hadn't scored a goal. And so I, I feel like they were probably a little bit wary, given the, the issues they've had scoring, of sort of putting them in a, themselves in a situation where they had to. Um, so... It's it's tough to recommend them at the moment as well. <laughs> um, well I was going to ask because obviously Thomas five point three, he's a forwards which is annoying. No, um, otherwise he'd be a good asset once, especially at that price. Karoma, I just I think that's an absolute no go now. Attacking wise, I don't think there's anything there. But I was going to ask you about Toffler because I did consider him bringing him in, but went in there instead this week. Um, obviously he got a clean sheet so in hindsight it would have been a good yeah. move but going forward obviously he's back in the team now but he's 5.7 million do we want to spend that on a Huddersfield defender and that that's the big issue if you've if you've worked yourself to a position particularly if you've got the likes of still got Carvalho if you've got Swift and um, Cornick and you know guys like Victor and Brereton Diaz and guys like that you've probably got a bit of budget to spare and so maybe it's not as big a deal going for like a, a more expensive Huddersfield defender. I think Toffolo is, is is the one if you're going to go there. Um, yeah. There will be some clean sheets for them, even just half clean sheets. And he, he is getting forward. I mean, 
you know there weren't many highlights one of them was him getting forward in the area and having a shot so and that's not exactly like that happens almost every game with him where he will at least at some point find himself up there in the area um they they do sort of rely a lot on their wing backs in the attack so someone like him could be an option but it's it's tough to justify at that budget unless you've got budget going spare, really. I think you're just being kind, really, aren't you? Ideally, you're just not going to go that, are you? Unless well, I mean, I'm, I'm, kind of I'm considering Toffolo, so I, I, but it's just him. Like it's it's no yeah. one else. It's ju- it's just him. I think there's an argument for him. There's not really an argument for anyone else. Interesting. We'll move on then. Um, Blackpool two, Blackburn one. Goals from Lavery and Yates, assist by Anderson. Blackburn's goal came from Berryson Diaz and a Buckley assist. Top point scorers from this game were Buckley on 10, Berryson Diaz and Yates on 9. So Blackpool, couple, is only about four weeks ago we were saying you know, these are the teams to target, um, especially for captaincy. They've gone on a nice little run now, haven't they, and got themselves in the top half of the table. Uh, talk to us about Blackpool, Dan. Yeah, so... Um... I think they've just um, got used to the championship now. I think they've they've found a way they want to play. They're playing four four two. They've got tricky, pacey wingers. Um, they've got Lavery scoring goal. Um, they even um, they even got Yates scoring off the bench. So they're all um, doing quite well. Blackpool. Um, and to be honest, I hold my hands up. They're doing a lot better than I thought they would do. Um, I think that you've got to give them a lot of credit. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard with Blackpool because I I think they've just turned into a mid-table team that are, I think maybe you can target, but I think there's worse teams. And I'm still not convinced you're going to go after any of their players. Uh, Maybe the goalie, but he went off injured, Maxwell. Um, yeah, I'm done. I think I'm at the stage where I'm not going to target them, but I'm still not bringing anyone in. I think it's safe to say we could have summed that up in about 15 seconds, couldn't we? Yeah. They've gone from the team that we were going to target every week to a team that we just don't think about. Would you say that's fair? You know, we're not going to target them, but... Lavery's started to get a few goals. I think he scored three and three, but he went off injured. And Yates come on and obviously scored. Maxwell would probably be the other player you may consider, maybe. But obviously he went off injured. I think, you know, I don't want to be too disrespectful. I know that's not like me. But, um, yeah, I think we're just not going to target them, are we? Or there's no assets there for us, is there? No, I don't think so. But... Uh- if you're a Blackpool fan, that's exactly what you want to hear. Oh, yeah, I'd be over the moon if I was a Blackpool fan. Exactly what they want. Um, Blackburn then, Angus. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's a funny one with them. I made a note. In their last six, they've won two, drawn two, lost two. They're a bit all over the place. I mean, they've scored 12 goals in that time, most of which Brereton Diaz has scored or been involved in. But they've conceded eight, two clean sheets. Um, I, After laughing at Rod, Rob Pick last week, 
which I'm still going to laugh at him because he asked about Louis Coyle, who then got sent off. So, <laughs> um, but I was I was bigging up Pickering, and at least this week that has not looked like a good pick. Um, I think you know there's there's a couple that are sort of in support of Brereton Diaz that you know you might look at it in other circumstances. Like I mean Buckley's been involved in a few goals and Dolan, but particularly with with how variable they've been. Brereton Diaz, you've seen, you know, he he'll he'll return. I'm not sure you really want to trust anyone else from Blackburn. Yeah, that's what I'd say. I if you know if I was doing the away team today and Blackburn were on there, I'd have I'd have been done in five seconds. Just <laughs> pick Brereton Diaz and that's it. Because nobody else impresses me one bit from Blackburn. And I'm trying to think I'd ever seen them live yet for 90 minutes. I don't think I have. So a lot of my observations are from the highlights and stuff. And Brayton Diaz, he looks really good, especially playing from the left. He just he just suits him so much. And since he's been called up to Chile in like the Chile squad, he just looks a complete different player. But other than that, Sam Gallagher, I will be honest, did interest me a couple of weeks ago. Um, I just I can't have Gallagher and Diaz up front in my team taking two striker spots. And they both Blackburn, so I couldn't do that. But yeah, Dan, what about you? Uh, Diaz for me, that's it. I think it's just um, to mention Niambe and Lenahan. The right back and centre backs are out injured, yeah. so maybe that might be affecting Pickering owners. But yeah, it's, it's uh, Brewitt and Diaz, or he's just a, he's the ultimate talisman. He's getting up there with Jed Wallace levels of talisman. You're right though, because when I I was watching, it was the first time I got watched soccer Saturday this season, and I was sitting there and I saw you know Blackburn had scored, and straight away I thought Diaz, he's either scored or got the assist for it, hundred percent, and he says, and that's how he says with Jed Wallace. So I agree with you. I just don't think anybody else is appealing, and especially when you compare them to other players from different teams. It's, Definitely 100% better options out there than any of the other Blackburn players. Um, so we'll move on and we'll go to Cardiff nil, Reading 1. Hoyewitz against his former club, getting the goal, no assist in this one. Um, top point scorers in this was Hoyewitz with 12, Southwood and the Reading goalkeeper with 10, and Nelson for Cardiff getting 7. Um, Cardiff, Dan, they're on an absolute shocking run. In terms of Gaffer, is there anyone there that we can get? Um, so I'll, I'll just mention, I think you always know when a manager's under pressure when they change the goalie. Uh, so it's maybe, <laughs> maybe he's played. Um, no Morrison, four at the back. McGuinness playing right back. Um I've got one one Cardiff, and that's Giles. Um, I think he picked up a few bonus points. Uh, he had a few shots as well, um, but that's only because of price. Like yeah, I got he's flint, just there for the value, isn't he? I got rid of Flint a few game weeks ago, and it's been my best transfer uh, since I overhauled for bringing in Lowe. So, yeah, although in this game they were incredibly unlucky. I, 
I think Reading scored with their only shot on goal. That was like, I don't know, ten percent chance of going in or something like that. So it's they they were really unlucky. They shouldn't have lost this game, but I think it's highly likely that McCarthy could be sacked in the next couple of weeks. If the form continues, because Cardiff were one of the teams that were probably most excited about this season, especially from when McCarthy came in last season and they went on that run where they just missed out on the playoffs. You know, they were really good. They were unplayable, especially like from set pieces and stuff. I tip Kiefer Moore to be top goal scorer this season. That isn't going well at all. Um, I'd, I'd, do you think they can turn it around? I think they can, but the, I just look at their team and I'm like, apart from Giles, like who's going to create anything? They've got no pace. He's now doubting himself. He's now gone away from the five at the back. He's dropping the goalie. Um, he doesn't know whether to play Moore or Collins. Like He's, he's all over the place. You, you just can't go anywhere near them. And like I said, I'm only keeping Giles because... He's going to play, he could get an assist and I don't have to play him every week. I can just bench him if I don't want to play him. Well, that half answers my next question, actually. Um, if you own any Cardiff assets, would you get rid? So you'd obviously keep Giles for there for the value. People will still be living off Lint's um, little run that he had earlier on in the season. I think it's time to get rid of him, isn't it? Yeah, like I said, I got rid of him a couple of game weeks ago and it's it's been the transfer that's actually worked for me in the last six weeks. So, yeah, get, get rid of any of your Cardiff defenders. OK, and Redding, Dan, um, Angus, sorry. So, I mean, as as Dan said, Reading were, were lucky in this game. Um, I think it was like 27 shots to five or something in Cardiff's favour. Hoylet's shot, which was... You know, a good finish, but how many times do you see that go in? Um, was their only shot on target? Um, you know, just as they get a player back, another one goes down. So Liam Moore returns. And Halilovic, who had been looking to sort of more and more promising, he's now injured. Um, I haven't seen how long for, but he dropped out of the team. Um, the one upside, particularly with getting Moore back, was... They were able to sort of push um, Delhi Bashiru and uh, Drinkwater as the midfield, and Swift is back playing further up the pitch. Um, so that's obviously a positive. But I mean, Hoylet came in for Halilovic, so you know at least that part was mitigated for them because you know Hoylet comes into the team when you don't necessarily expect him. He then gets the winning goal, which is obviously nice for you, but. It's another player out for them. I think they're hopeful of having two or three at back. Um, don't be deceived by that. They're, even if they get two or three back, their injury list will still be in double figures. So it's it's not great there. Um, but it's just, it's tough to get a read on them at the moment. Would you say it's fair to say um, with Radin, it's also just swift or nobody? Yeah, um, I've seen a few with with Yeardom and there's going to be the the odd sort of like half clean sheet or clean sheet there. Like uh, most of them you're going to luck into, to be honest. I just I wouldn't go there. 
Um, I it's swift or nothing. Yeah, I don't like that year year done pick. Like to me, I I don't really know what I'm getting with Reading. No, because um, when they came down to our place, they were rubbish really. Um, and then they've looked okay in other games, but yeah, I don't like that pick. Swift's offered like great value so far, and you know I think it's got to the point where where he doesn't return, you're quite surprised because he was just returning every game. But I think Swift's great value, and just keep hold of him. Anyone else? I, no, I don't like that at all. Um, so we'll move on then. We'll go to the next game, which was QPR three, Preston two. Dykes done and chair scoring for QPR and Dykes getting assist. Goals for Preston were from is it Reese and Earl. Yeah. And a Maguire assist. Top point scorers from this game were Dykes on 14, Chair on 10, and Dunn and Reese on 7. QPR, Dan, I feel like you speak about QPR quite a lot. You tend to get QPR, don't you? What did you make yeah. of them this week? Uh, first off, I think the interesting thing was Willock was playing left wing back. Um, so I. I don't know if that's a good thing for him or not. Obviously, no Wallace and no McCallum. Um, but he seems to have helped uh, Chair. He seems to be getting in the assists and the goals over the last couple of game weeks. Um, obviously, they went to two up front this game week with Gray and Dykes. Um, but I think it's what we've been saying all along, especially since Gray's come in. Just don't know which QPR strikers are going to play. They've still got Austin, um, who was on the bench, and he can come on on 60 to 70 minutes. So, although I think QPR are going to keep scoring goals, like I don't think you can pick one over the four strikers we've named. Um, so, yeah, I still think Chair or Chairs. Might be becoming a good option if Willock's playing left wing back, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get anyone in, I don't think. Have you still got Chad, Angus? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, so you got him when he was shit, basically, yeah. and then sold him when he started scoring? Oh, no, I sold him before he started scoring. There was enough of a yeah, gap typical. there that I don't feel so bad. <laughs> typical, that is. I, I agree with um, Dan. I... I, I rate QPR. You obviously know that. And they're scoring goals. I think they're scoring every game this season, I think I heard on the highlights. Yeah. Um, so they are scoring goals. But when I look at them, I'm like, I, I don't know who to pick. Because like you just said about the strikers, Gray's come in there now. So there's another one to add to the problems. Chair, obviously I like him as a player. He's a really, really good player. I didn't like him as a pick, especially like when you got him, Angus. Um, but then now... He's becoming the chair that we saw last season. So that appeals. Willock was the one because of value. But playing left wing back, that's definitely not ideal. Um, so with QPR, I don't know what you do with him because I wouldn't go there defensively. Um, we had Wallace last season, but I think we all had him just for their value more than anything. So, yeah. What would you do, Angus, actually? Dan's just spoke about him. But what would if would you bring any in? I think there's an argument now for chair. Um, apart from that, I'm not that keen. Um, if 
if I knew or if it became clear that particularly Dykes were, was going to start more often, I like Lyndon Dykes. So, yeah, um, amazing assist off the ground at the weekend, like managing to head <laughs> it while he was lying on the floor. I'll never know. Um, but again, like it's like with the strikers. I mean, I I'm not an Andre Gray fan, and I will I will never recommend Andre Gray. Um, but with most of their strikers, if you knew they were going to play, they'd be decent options. But it's one one game, it's two the next, it's two different players the next game. So I think you can say chair now. Willock, I don't think it's a long term thing at left wing back. They just need somewhat. They just need one of the guys to come back there, and. Yeah. I think McCallum in particular might be back sort of relatively soon. So um, I wouldn't worry so much about that. But does he go back into the attack now or does he drop out of the team? It would be the other concern there. Um, so I think chair's an option, but I wouldn't go anywhere else. It's a matter of just keep watching them over the next few weeks and just see yeah. if the team like, consistently stabilises a bit. Because um, it is a bit all over the shop, different players playing. So, yeah, I agree with that. Um, Preston, I'll let you have the honours of talking about Preston Angus. I mean, I guess the positive for them is before this, they'd drawn five in a row. So at least they broke their chain of draws in a row. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the other thing, Earl, who scored for the last couple of weeks, he's actually, if you look at looking to transfer players in he's actually appeared on the first page of defenders um he's i think the sixth highest scoring defender now so i'm not actually going to say buy him i'm just saying good for him he's on the first first page of point scoring defenders you know something positive for preston oh he is as well i've literally (laughs) 4.8 million yeah how's he done that because Fifty eight points. Where have they come from? So, what Preston have been really good at defensively is keeping at least one half clean sheet every game. So their defenders sort of just kept picking up points, picking up points, picking up points. Even when they conceded, I think multiple times it was just one. So they're still picking up points without necessarily doing much. And then obviously he's added like I think a couple of attacking returns in there. But it's basically just. By being a boring team, their defenders pick up points. I, I'll be honest, I do find that quite interesting, and he's only four point <laughs> eight million. But I'm going to be honest, I can't, I can't bring the Preston player in. And and are people going to think I've got some kind of vendetta against Preston? I really, really haven't. We played him in midweek, so I watched it on the red button, and I was kind of hoping. Obviously, that would beat them, but. I could watch them for 90 minutes and then maybe think, oh, there is someone there or something. They're, they're horrendous. Uh, the, I don't know what the tactics are. Do you know when you certain teams have got certain philosophies and stuff? I don't know what Preston's is. Um, I'd hate to be a Preston fan. I honestly would. They're dreadful. And I don't want to upset too many Preston fans, if there is any Preston fans listening to this. Um, but from a fantasy football point of view, Absolutely nothing there. So can we move on? Absolutely. I mean, I was done talking about them. <laughs> I felt like I needed to try and make out like I just don't slag them off every week. Because then... Oh, Come back next no, week when Jamie tackle. slags off Preston. I, I do every week. I say I don't think they're shit, but they're not good where 
I've literally just said the shit because they were against us. So boring to watch. But yeah, we will move on before I dig myself a deep roll. And where are we going to now? Peterborough 2, Bristol City 3. Um, oh, I've been dreading saying this name since I did my notes earlier on. Two goals for Peterborough from Smodix. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just oh, that simple. Um, Assist from Burroughs and Butler. Bristol City's goals come from a Thompson own goal, Tanner and Martin, and Williams gained the assist. The top point scorers from the game were Smodix um, on 16, and Martin and Tanner got 11. Peace and Dan, over to you. So they've changed their formation yet again. They played 4 4 2. Um, big news no Clark Harris. Uh, I'm not sure if that means his ban has started yet. Um, also, so Smodix actually played up front with Dembele. So Smodix is, if he keeps that, I, I started with him at the start of the season. He was quite a nice price midfielder. Um, I, I guess the other major news was they've changed their goalie. Um, apparently, Pim's had an argument with Ferguson, so they're now playing Cornell. Um, the, they they lost at home, and Peterborough expect are way better at home than they are away from home. So I I honestly I think they're going down. Um, yeah, I was going to say, Dan, can we um, yeah. cut the bollocks of people arguing with the manager and just agree that? These are the team that we're going to target every week with our captains um, because they're not good enough for the championship. No, they're not. Yeah, It's a shame. I, I do admit it is a shame because at the beginning of the season, well, pre-season, these are the, probably t- the team out of the three that we're most optimistic about from a fantasy football point of view for our goals. Um, and it's not that case, is it? <laughs> They're just, they're just not. Just don't think they're good enough. I think it's the physicality they're struggling with, the pace and power of the championship. I know when Luton first came up, there was a massive difference, and um, it's taken Luton a couple of seasons to adapt to that and and sign players of with those attributes. So yeah, let's just target Peter from now on. I think that's I can def- definitely agree to that. Um, Angus, Bristol City then, um, scored three. Yeah, anything interesting to say about them? Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, Vyman owners, Vyman captainers, Vyman vice captainers, people who went for Vyman for away days, I hope you enjoyed your two-pointer. Four-pointer, actually, Angus. I was on, we're on away days, so we got doubled. I mean, for, from a striker, that's sort of like as little as you can get unless they get a card. So, <laughs> it's shocking. When I watched the goals back, obviously yesterday I was like praying, praying for a Vyman return. <laughs> and when I watched the goals on the highlights, there was one, I think the second one, if Vyman had just died for it, he probably got a toe on it and put it in. And that's me being desperate just for something. What a shocking decision that was! Like, 
I can't believe I actually fell in the trap of gaining him just because it was Peterborough. Like, I know me and Dan have just been saying, yeah, you've got to target Peterborough, which is true. But don't target them with someone absolutely shite. I mean, also, I would say people say you're saying target Peterborough. I'm sure uh, people like Solanke captainers from midweek feel great about cap- about targeting Peterborough for the nil nil against Bournemouth. <laughs> it's typical. I, mean, I was that? a Solanke captain in midweek. I thought Peterborough no brainer. You know, <laughs> nothing. Um, no, I mean, I guess the one thing you would say about Bristol City. I mean, I was interested to see the formation with or the system with all three forwards continue and then Naki Wells was out injured. Um, but, I mean, Chris Martin seems to be the one who's doing better for them. Um, but, I mean, you know, this was the first time, I think, that they'd, or one of the few times where they've had to sort of, well, they've shown a bit of backbone, I guess. They, they fought back from... They fought from being 1-0 down and pegged back to 2-all to end up winning. Um, that being said, if they could ever do that at home, that they, they might also be more viable. Um, that reverse target. Normally you're targeting teams that are away. Uh, you target Bristol City if they're playing at home. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not much there by way of assets. <laughs> One thing I did find interesting about the lineup was uh, I think I'm a bit biased towards him in De Silva because um, I like him as a player. He didn't um, start the game, so that's that down the pan. But Callum O'Dowd did start. He's back from injury now. He was on the bench in midweek, I believe. Yeah. And then he started this game here. He is only 4.4 million midfielder. Um, our Bristol City correspondent, FPL Beery, is a big fan of his. So he's going to be a big talent. He sat in my team. He hasn't left my team since since game week one because he's just that cheap. I've always benched him. So when he got injured, I was just like, oh, I can sit third on my bench then, save me using the transfer. Um, so, yeah, he's one to keep an eye on, I think, at that price. He could be a really good enabler. But other than that, there's no assets at Bristol City, is there? No, I mean, and that's the thing with the silver. I'd love to recommend him. But every time you think he's like settled in the team, he's then out the team again. So, um, no, mate, like maybe Martin, um, maybe Vyman, but I wouldn't go there. You're not going to use a striker spot on them, no. are you? No. Um, next game then, Hull two, Middlesbrough nil. Goals from um, Wilkes was first goal of the season and a one way goal. Doherty getting the assist. Um, top point scorers were Doherty, um, Bernard and Ingram all got nine points each. Um, this is the game that pissed me off the most this week. That own goal is something like you see on YouTube when you're watching like funny video. If you just type funny football videos and that would come up. Um, oh, still pissed off. Dan talked to us about Hull. So I'll say. I was encouraged with Hull because they actually tried something different. They changed the formation to free at the back. Um, Emmanuel came in for Coyle. Uh, they played Lewis Potter at left wing back. Um, and they went two up front with Tyler Smith and Eves. Um, I, w- I was just encouraged because for so long, 
McCann has just persisted playing the same way and it hasn't been working. So they needed to try something else. But look, I'm whole rubbish. So yeah. don't go near him. I, I suppose Wilkes did score his first goal of the season, but still target him. That's basically. We're going to get some bad reviews, we are, because we just slag everybody off, don't we? We've got our favourite six or eight teams and everybody else, we're just like, no, shit, just leave them. <laughs> Angus, um, I'll be honest, we'll move on to Angus on Middlesbrough because, oh, oh, they were shocking against Stoke last weekend when they came down. They had a 10-minute spell where they hit the post and had a one-on-one. And I thought, oh, shit, it's one of them games where they'll get that win. But they just crumbled after that. They just went deep again and offered nothing. So we won't waste our time talking about them. Um, Middlesbrough, Angus, what have you got to say about them? The shit. Oh, wow, another team to add to the yes, list. Yes, I was about to say, it's, no, it's not going to improve. Um, so the one positive in the team is Spora. He looks bright in attack, but hasn't scored since his first game. So you're not going to go there. Uh, McNair's moved into midfield, uh, which is great if you're looking at attacking returns on top of the defensive returns. But then they can see two to hold. So what's the point in the defence? I had Lumley and I brought in Bowler this week. They had a decent run and it started with Hull. So I thought, great. I'm just printing points here. It's going to look great in my team. I looked at one point, actually, relatively late on, and they were due for 16 points combined. Um, Bowler was on for a (laughs) 10-pointer. Then Lumley own goal. I mean, the one positive, Bowler got taken off before the second hole goal, so at least he didn't lose an extra point. Um, So, well, congratulations, Bowler owners. It was a four instead of a three. like, I mean, they've lost to Hull. We're talking about how shit Hull are. Middlesbrough mm-hmm. just lost to Hull. <laughs> yeah. I think Hull, um, oh, sorry, Middlesbrough are turning into a nothing team, aren't they? Like a mid-table team, you know, they could nothing play team. well one week, get a good result. <laughs> they're, they're, they're barely mid-table. They're, they're like sliding towards the bottom three. <laughs> How long do you think Warnock lasts here? Depends who you ask. <laughs> I think some <laughs> people would have got rid of him already. <laughs> well, I was uh, asking you because obviously you're the secret Middlesbrough fan. You're on their <laughs> forums every day, so I thought you might have heard something. I haven't heard anything. I mean, I thought it was amazing. <laughs> I saw a comment before, what was it, last weekend's game. Their star, star signing, uh, Pajero from Argentina, he came out in the media and said he doesn't know what, what Pajero's best position is. It's like, you're that the manager. You're, you're like, sh- surely you should have figured this out by now. You've had him there for like two months. Have you really not figured out where to play him? <laughs> uh, see, I'm in a position now, Angus. I've got two Middlesbrough players. I brought McNair in for this week, um, away days against Hull. Um, I don't know what to do. One way, I'm, I'm okay with one way because... I can rotate in with um, more at Coventry quite well, and I think a lot of people are doing that. Um, so I'm happy to do that, and he's, he's cheap enough to do it. 
McNair, though, isn't cheap enough to just put on your bench. I think he's six million without looking. Um, I was brought in on the appeal of set pieces and playing the midfield. And I did own him at the beginning of the season as well, so um, I didn't learn my lesson then. But would you get rid, or if you, you owned them, rid. would you keep them for a while? You can't get rid. They're playing Peterborough and Barnsley next too. You can't get rid of them. That's the problem. You've, you've, you've fallen into the trap. I've fallen into the same trap. You've fallen into the trap, and now you're stuck with them. Um, yeah, this worse. shit. It's probably even worse for you with McNair. Did you see the co- the free kick he scored that got disallowed? No, I didn't see that. He put and a I wish free kick in the top corner and it got disallowed. And then he retook it and missed the goal by an absolute mile. <laughs> right, cheers for that, Angus. That's made me feel better. Let's move on because I don't want to talk about them anymore. Um, Derby nil, Swansea nil. Um, our old favourite from last season, Bidwell, got a nine-pointer. And then there was quite a few players who... At seven points. Um, won't spend too much time on this one, Dan. Derby, obviously we know where they are in the league, but in terms of Gaffey, would you agree? There isn't anyone that you'd go for, but they're not a team that you'd target, are they? I'm actually thinking you can bring oh, a player in. Oh, God. Wow. What has your season come to? No. Who? Well, we were going on. We were going on about Earl, but have oh, you God. seen who's four? Curtis Davis. I've seen Curtis this. Davis. Sixty-five <laughs> points. Four point seven million. They've conceded the least amount of goals in the league. But the next time we all have a shit week on Gaffer, we're not recording that week because <laughs> is this where it's going now? <laughs> Curtis Davis. We'll get him in the pod team then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll do that. But, but look, he's he's got sixty five points, best defensive team in the league, and they've got Preston, Luton, Coventry, Blackburn. It's a good run. Barnsley, good run. I'm going to be honest, Dan. I dismissed that, but then the more you were talking, then the more I was picturing Curtis Davis in the team. Because Derby, they are the best defensive, well, joint best defensive team in the league. I, I think, I think they're good. Like they're doing okay. They're not world beaters by any means, but I think you could do worse than Curtis Davis. <laughs> like is it Angus Savers from bringing Curtis Davis in the pod team? Because I'll just go and make it now. Two weeks before the next game. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> He's, I mean, quite apart from anything else, he's old enough and injury prone enough that he might be injured in two weeks' time. That is very true. Um, Lawrence had a few opportunities, what I saw on the highlights. Didn't show much of the game, but um, he had three shots in quick succession, didn't he? Like, he probably should have put away. Um, in all seriousness, Dan, yeah. any. It, it, well, yeah, would in you all get seriousness. Any in? Ooh, like I said, they're doing well defensively. I, I don't think you can captain against them. Um, and I think Curtis Davis is an option. Um, but like Lawrence, they're, they're just not creating enough either. So um, look, I'm not saying everyone go and get uh, Derby players in, but they're not... They're, 
they're getting clean sheets. But they, they, they haven't conceded two or more in the game very often. So that means you're definitely getting four points. And he, he's probably doing quite well on bonus, I'm guessing, from blocks and tackles and things like that. So, yeah, I thought I'd recommend a player because we haven't recommended a player for Derby yet this season. We actually haven't, have we? And I'm just looking at the team now um, through gaffer points. Forwards, I, I can definitely go in there when he boulder. Midfield-wise, I don't think there's anything there either. Lawrence is 6.5. When you compare him to like a Swift, you're not going to go there. Davis is only 4.7. Um, he's 18 points more than Brian. But Roos is suspended, isn't he? Well, they no, he wasn't. They chose Allsop over Roos this week. Yeah, he was he was straight back, but it was only a ah, one okay. game ban. Well, Allsop's four point four million. So if he gets that number one spot and going off their defensive record, he could be a decent shout um, if you're looking for a cheap goalkeeper. But I think we're clutching at straws. We'll move on, but we will keep an eye on Derby over there few weeks after the international break, just for you, Dan. Um, Swansea, Angus, I feel like these one of these teams where it's not going to take long. No, I mean, the big, the big loss for them, and I think it did make a real difference to them, is and Cham missed out. He's been big for them recently. He does, you know, he does a lot for them going forward. So I think missing him was a big deal. He went off injured in midweek against Fulham. It's not thought to be sort of a long-term thing. He should be back after the break, but um, I think it affected them in that game. Um, I genuinely, I took shots at Andy Vyman. I genuinely feel sorry for the people with Ethan Laird because I think Ethan Laird was a really good pick and I couldn't have told you that him being on the bench was coming at all. Um, He's probably been their best player, him and Cham. Patterson's been decent. Piro has got a few goals. Laird's been one of the best players. All of a sudden, he's on he's on the bench this weekend. Um, I get that, you know, he was going to need a game off somewhere, but it seemed like it made a difference to them and him coming on the pitch made a difference to them, I think. But So I feel quite bad. I, I do feel bad for people who went with him and only got a three-pointer out of it. Um, but he's he's the main one I would go with from from Swansea. Six point two million. Do you think that's just a bit too expensive for him, or do you think that's justified? If you have if you have the right if you have the budget for it, yeah, I'd go there. I think they they seem to be doing better defensively in terms of goals conceded. They're they're good at that end, and he's getting forward. And he looks and he looks good when he's getting forward. Interesting. I haven't considered. I'll be honest. I haven't considered no Swansea. The kind of like out of mind, out of sight kind of thing for me at the moment because I don't see. I could have probably put a bet on that game being nil nil at the weekend. That was probably like the safest bank here that you could have done. Um, there's no one who interests me there. But where I have seen a few people mention. So he's one to keep an eye on. Bidwell getting big points this week, but he's seven million. You're definitely not going there at seven, are you? That's just too expensive. It's not the Swansea last season. Right, we've got three games left. 
we'll go through the next one very quickly. We'll skip one, save them till last, because there's going to be quite a lot of talking points, I imagine, from them, and then go through the Stoke West Brom. So, Barnsley nil, Millwall won. Goal from Wallace, assist by Wallace. So, that was Murray Wallace who scored. Jed Wallace getting the assist. Um, Murray Wallace, 14 points. Jed Wallace, 11. Balakowski and Ballard, 7 points each. Um, Barnsley, Dan, um, rumours that the manager's going. Um, doesn't really surprise me, if I'm honest with you. Rob Picks even said Barnsley are absolutely atrocious at the moment. Is there anything to say about Barnsley? Not really. Just the fact that they've they've created the least amount of big chances and they've scored, uh, they've conceded the most. So they're the worst going forwards and the worst in defence. So they... And bear in mind that's taken into account Derby attacking-wise and and Reading and, and and Hull and all that. Yeah. So, so are we saying they've fallen into the let's target them category? Yeah. So if you've got a defender, play your defenders against them. If you've got attackers, captain or, or definitely play them against them. I will back that up because we played them not that long ago at our place and we, well, we drew with them, but we absolutely battered them all, all game. We just couldn't score. Collins had an absolute world of a game. But, you know, it kind of backs up what you were saying. We were creating chance after chance after chance. They didn't offer anything. I know they scored the free kick, but that was about it. I'm just looking at the team now. Collins, though, at 5.3. Would you consider that, or do you just save with more than one way? I'm just thinking, like, save points. So, if you're on Jeepers Keepers, maybe, but it's too much for Bowen, especially for Bowen's here. I know he's doing quite well, but I don't think so. Okay. And Millwall, then, Angus. Obviously, Chad Wallace was ill. He's come back, scored a penalty when he came on, got an assist in this game. Racking up bonus points. <laughs> I'm I'm a converted Jed Wallace fan, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I love the guy now. Yeah, I mean I haven't decided. Obviously, the next game week is like two weeks away. I would not be at all surprised if my transfer for the next game week is Jed Wallace into my team. I know he's expensive, but he, he's definitely worth it since he... Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Malone obviously was out this game. Malone is, is is still a good pick, although his price is high. Um, but I mean, back to back clean sheets for Millwall, albeit he wasn't part of one of them. Um, the other one who seems to be doing quite well, I mean, he got the goal at the weekend, but is Murray Wallace. Um, I mean, he had another chance in the Malone game as well. Five point five. Yeah. So. Particularly if you wanted a part of the defence but didn't want to go all the way up to Malone, I'd probably say Wallace. But um, so you could have Wallace and Wallace. But it's, I mean, Jed Wallace is still one of the best picks you can come up with in Gaffer. You know, I mean, he, he only played forty-five minutes in midweek and let's <laughs> managed to score. So um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about him. Really, he's great. 
Yeah, he is. And I think it is a matter of having Jed Wallace. And then I haven't got any defensive assets, but I can see why people would have one, like Malone. But it's basically Wallace and then in Malone or Murray Wallace, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, Murray Wallace, he's scored, which makes it look better, but he, he so seems... Be... Two points, though, only six points less than Malone. Yeah. So I think, you know, you, you're getting much the same um, in terms of ultimately the points. Uh, Malone is obviously the higher upside and everything that comes with that, with the bonus, with the potential attacking returns. I just think you could do worse than someone like Mar- Murray Wallace in defence. Definitely. Right. We'll go on to the next game then. Um, we'll skip Birmingham Forest and we'll talk about them at the end because I think Forest is a big talking point. Um, Friday night's game, Stoke 1, West Brom 0. Powell with the assist. Um, goal, sorry, Smith with the assist. Smith and Powell, 12 pointers. And Sam Johnson with a nine pointer because of the penalty save. Um, do you want to do Stoke, Dan? Yeah, you can do Stoke, James. We were fucking amazing. That's what we were. Except for Sam Sorridge. Oh, mate. Right, <laughs> no. I, I'll, I'll be real for a minute. Like, I won't be stupid. Um, we were very, very good. Um, we created a lot of chances, uh, which we have been doing quite recently. Um, I thought the formation suits us perfect. We're playing this 5-3-2. If you want to call it that, Smith and Timon's wing-backs. Ostergaard's been dropped for James Chester, and I have no idea why. James Chester scares me when we play out from the back, but it is what it is. Um, from a gaffer point of view, Smith obviously is still going. Timon's midfielder, so it's not ideal. Midfield three of, uh, was it, uh, Vrancic, Joe Allen and Thompson. Th- Thompson and Allen are not assets. Vrancic, very good set pieces, and he is very, very good. And then Powell's playing up front with Jacob Brown at the moment. Brown classes a midfielder, but he couldn't finish his dinner. That's his problem. He works really hard. He's a good team player, but he's not an asset. Nick Powell, though, oh, he can do whatever he wants to do to me. He can, honestly. The guy is just... Oh, I don't want this to be like Jamie wants to fuck Nick Powell podcast, but... I definitely would. He's that good. Um, yeah, you've got to get him. And I do apologise, Dan, because I talked you out of Powell. And the only reason I talked you out of I didn't think he'd start three games in a week when he's just come back from injury. And what's he, he scored two in them three, didn't he? God, I yeah. I tried to block it out. That's just another double figure. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, I didn't go Powell myself either because of that. Um, but I will be gaining him in as soon as possible. Um, Tyrese Campbell is probably going to be back now. Um, he didn't play in the under-23s game against Southampton on Friday, but he did play against Villa on Monday, so it's likely he's going to be back now. Stephen Fletcher came back from injury. He came on. Um, Sam Sorridge, oh, I don't know why he... I didn't know he missed so many of these chances. They're all the same. Will crosses into the box for a tap-in and he always finds a keeper. Um, but yeah, that Stoke summed up really. Um, really impressed by him. I think there's some good uh, assets in there. West Brom, Angus, do you want to talk about West Brom? Yeah, go on. 
Um, front three was Robinson, Hugo, and Grant this time. Um, Hugo, you only remembered, was on the pitch because he kept fouling people. Yeah. Uh, Grant just went missing. and He did go missing as well. Robinson wasn't great. He was fouled for the furlong own goal, I will say that. Francic did foul him. It was soft, but it was a foul. But it deprived Fouls. us of one. Is that a foul? It, it deprived us of one of the great own goals. <laughs> planting that header past Sam Johnston. Um, it wasn't great from them. There was there was nothing particularly good about it. Um, Matt Clark was back on the bench, so you'd hope that he'll come in at centre-back and Townsend will go back to left wing-back because I think they're making their, themselves worse in two positions by sticking with that. Um, yeah. It also doesn't make sense for Townsend to be playing left centre-back while also three of the spots on your bench are taken by centre-backs. Uh, that just that just seems ridiculous to me. Um, Sam Johnston, we know he's, we know he's a good keeper. Um, had a bit of a nightmare moment giving away the penalty. Um, it was a really poor penalty by Surridge, but you still have to give the keeper the credit. It still needs saving. It wasn't a good yeah. penalty, but it still needs saving. Um, I'll also say I feel really sorry this was brought to my attention for the West Brom official Twitter account admin who had to tweet out after the game asking people who their man of the match was. Some of the responses they got. <laughs> the number of people who thought their dog was man of the match. Um Ow. My my response was the kit man because at least everyone had the right kit and it looked very clean and you know all all the right sort of names and sponsors were on there so you know I'd give it to the kit man um, but yeah I mean as good as Stoke were and I think Stoke were good West Brom were also bad yeah I hundred percent agree um, Robinson was most lively for them yeah. If anybody was going to do something, it would have been him. But I'm not saying he would have. He wasn't good, really. Um, Furlong plays really high, like yeah. really, really high. When we were playing out from the back, Davies would be rolling it out to one of the centre-backs. Furlong would then come all the way up to Timon at left wing-back. Um, so three quarters of the pitch up. Um, so I think it's, it was a bad day at the office for them. If Townsend goes back to left wing back, I'd still double up on the defence, but I'd go Mowat's. Yeah, I, I I'm, I'm increasingly thinking Mowat's a good pick. Um, but then he's not going to score a wonder every day. Their tactics, they literally bypassed Livermore and Mowat's every time. Those two barely touched the ball in the middle of the park. So I don't know if that was just a one-off game, different tactics for the Stoke, but. I think Mowat's the one for me. But, yeah, I'd probably say that's where we are with West Brom. You, would you say, Dan, you just got to accept that Grant, Robinson, Phillips could score big one like one week, but you've just got to accept that. It's not worth holding on to him. Yeah, I've still got Robinson and I've got to get rid of him. Because I need to get, uh, I know I've been saying this for weeks, and then they keep playing or or something like that but um 
I need to get a player like a talisman, so like a Powell or a Swift yeah. back in or, or Billing or, or someone like that, or Gibbs White, because I'm, get, I'm getting killed every week. Because I said to Angus, I said, I'm glad Rob, um, Robinson started, but he could come off 45th minute, he could come off 50th minute, he could come off 60th minute. I, I just don't know, and I need to get rid of him. And I think most players have got rid of Grant and Robinson now. So if they score, I don't think you're going to get hurt at all, to be honest. Yeah, and I've, I haven't had any for a few weeks. Um, I think it Phillips is the last one I had from them. Um, and I just let it go. It's not worth the misery every week of when they get subbed off or they start from the bench or whatever. So it is what it is. Um, we'll move on then. Last game, Birmingham nil, Nottingham Forest three. Goals from grabbing Yates and Spence, assists from Colback and Zinkenegle getting two. Spence took 15 points, Zinkenegle 14, and Yates and Colback both got nine. Um, we'll talk about Birmingham quickly, Dan. Um, they're on a bad run, aren't they? And from when, when was it? About game week five, six? It was really promising. We were looking at Birmingham assets. Bellas, Chongs, uh, maybe um, a defensive asset, but they're not looking very good at the moment, are they? No, it's weird. Um, They seem to have um, just stopped performing or maybe uh, teams have found out how they're playing with Bella and Colin so far up and just allowing Chong to float. But also don't help... Uh, that they kept bringing one into play, Dini. Um, when Djokovic and Hogan were doing well enough on, up front, uh, so Bowie's been mucking around with them, all three of them. They did go back to Djokovic and Hogan for this game, but and they did hit the post a couple of times, but yeah, I've got Bella. He's he's definitely on the chopping block. Um, I don't know. Angus, do you still have Conlon? I do. I, what do you think you're doing with him? Because are you oh, getting rid right. Thankfully, in game week nine, they had the Preston nil-nil, so he got me a lovely nine-pointer in that. So I think that, that helped him stay. But if I take a hit, because I think the primary thing for me is going to be getting Jed Wallace first game week back, Depending on how I'm lined up, I might take a minus four to get Colin out of my team. I almost transferred him out like yesterday. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it's it's just Birmingham returning to Birmingham, really, isn't it? Gradually sliding down the table, um, gradually entering the shit list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's forget Let's Birmingham then. We'll forget Birmingham and this is the team everybody wants to hear about at yeah. the moment. Cooper's gone in there. Um, all of a sudden they can play football again. They've won 3-0 here. Talk to us about Nottingham Forest, Angus. Yeah, so I think obviously it's got really positive since Cooper came in. Um, I think part of it is it just... It had got so toxic under Hewton that possibly anything would have improved things. I think this is more 
of an improvement than anyone expected. But just removing Hewton from the equation like would have made it better on its own, particularly with some of the stuff about players thinking he was like an idiot and all sorts. So, um, but they've gone to the three at the back, um, sort of three, four, two, one, or three, four, three, depending on how you want to sort of frame it. And the the ones that everyone has been jumping on, which Dan has done, we've talked about it in our chat as well, and I've looked at them, is Jed Spence and Max Lowe playing as the wingbacks. They're getting very forward. They're, I think they've both got goals now. Um, Max Lowe's was very fortunate. Uh, Jed Spence's, but I mean, they were they were flooding players forward, and one of the furthest forward was Jed Spence, um, which I think shows how high they're, they're getting. Um, Graben had a bit of an issue, so they were playing a front three of Zinkanagel, Johnson, and Lolly. Um, since Graben has been able to start again, it's been Zinkanagel and Johnson in support of Graben. Um, Graben's done well, but you're not really going to go with Lewis Graben as a striker. Um, Absolutely not. But I think what it has done as well is re-establish after that shit period Philip Zinkenagel as an as an asset in the game. Yeah. And we've got decisions to make now because people did go to Zink and then obviously came off off him again because Forrest was still shit. But then we're all probably in a situation now where we've got no Nottingham Forest assets or we've got one. It maximum really but it's going to get to a point now especially if they win after the international break where we're going to want to double up on them and maybe even trip up I don't know but where should we be looking Angus if we are um so I think you know Spence and Lowe like I say those are the obvious ones for me I mean Spence is right at the top of my list if I replace Colin um Colleen I think there's there's not much to choose between those two either. You could go either one and be perfectly happy with them. Um, could you double up? I'm not... You could. I'm not sure I would yet. Um, we've seen sort of three games or whatever and it's been good. Um, particularly if you're wanting to be aggressive on it, you could. Um, but I think there's still going to be enough that would be sort of too wary or too patient to even have one that you're going to gain by having one of them. You can gain big by having both. Um, But it might be a bit early. That being said, they do play Blackpool and then Bristol City, the first two games after the international break, which could be quite good for them. (laughs) I did see talk on Twitter, and I can't remember who it was, but um, basically comparing them to... Robertson Bidwell from last year, which yeah. is an easy comparison because obviously Cooper was at Swansea last year and we know how high he had yeah. Robertson Bidwell playing at wing backs. Um so I can see why people would go there early now, just to get on yeah. them now. Um and if that is the case, then I think a lot of us are gonna be having one or two of them. I think, yeah, from an offensive point of view, Zinc Nagel's probably the standout option um, from a fantasy football point of view. But I wouldn't rule out Johnson either. No, I, I, I like Johnson. I think he's good. I think the problem became when Hewton was messing around that you didn't know. If, 
a they weren't they weren't good enough in attack they just weren't creating chances for whatever but b he would be in and out of the team like you know yeah. in one game out two in for two out for one he seems particularly now we've got the indication with Graben back in the starting lineup and it's lolly that's dropped out that's the indication that he's he's the other preferred one in the front three so i think johnson could well be a good asset as well um and i think him and spence in, in what i've seen so far him and spence down that right side are creating real problems for teams so i'm just i'm, I'm much like miles away i'm just thinking about my own team and like how <laughs> i could get some in i think you probably just taught me into like getting rid of mcnair or robinson um for one of them but I may not go that early. It depends. I need to look at what other issues I've got. Dan, is there anything you want to add on Forrest before we move on to the questions? Yeah, just saying that I gambled on low a couple of weeks ago, uh, took out Flynn, and he's, he's, like I say, he's been my best transfer. So I think he's a good price, 5.1 million. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think a fullback, uh, wingback is the best option. Um, and yeah, Sinkanag or Johnson, if we start to know that they're going to play, I think there could be options. Especially Sinkanag, we saw early on in the season, he was doing great for bonus as well. So you just got to look at Swift, Powell, Wallace, um, Wilson, those sort of players just near enough guarantee for bonus every week. So yeah. I think Canagle's definitely an option, I think. Forest on the minds and Right, that's the wrap-up of the games from the weekend. We have got a few questions, but we have just gone over an hour and a half, so these are going to be quick-fire. I'll ask you one each, and we'll do these in less than five minutes. So, first question is from our Millwall correspondent, Donna Boyle. Um, she's put on a similar note, what teams have the best run of fixtures for the next six? Also, games given that the difficulty rankings for some teams have changed quite notably since game week one. So, for example, she's Stoke, Coventry, Derby come to mind, and Nottingham Forest. Um, oh, sorry, are Nottingham Forest about to give teams a run for their money? So, we we briefly talked about Forest there. Um, I'm going to pass that question on to Dan. We'll go with you for that one. Um, so, I think. Um... Blackburn are still on a good run. Um, I think Coventry still got a good run. Um, I think Derby have a good run, but whether you want any of their assets. Um, I think Luton have a good run. Uh, Hull have a good run. Um, probably Bournemouth do as well. I think that there's quite a lot of teams that have decent runs here. So, uh, Reading do as well. So, keep Swift. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I think there's a, a lot. Of teams. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. And David Strom um, has asked um, I keep getting captaincy wrong. So, my question is simple Who is the best captain? Vice captain and emergency captain for this week. So for game week twelve after the break, Angus. Um, Jed Wallace. 
I mean, I know they're playing Luton, but I'm just going to say Jed Wallace now. (laughs) (laughs) Feels the safest one to say, just say Jed Wallace. There's only so bad it can be. He'll probably play half an hour and still get top bonus. So, yeah. (laughs) Jed Wallace, uh, Dominic Solanke and, oh, fuck it, Jed Spence. Ooh, very interesting. Um, I I wrote down Solanke as captain um, for that one on my notes. Um, I don't know why I went through the questions and made quick notes because I just asked you the questions anyway, so <laughs> that was a bit pointless. Um, but yeah, that was my pick. Um, next question then from John Jacko. Um, Spence for Forest is potentially now the best priced defender below five million. Um, Tell him he's wrong. Dan, are you going to tell him he's wrong? Um, let me have a look who's under five minutes. He clearly hasn't and looked at Curtis Davis, has he? No, he hasn't. <laughs> uh, no, look, we've di- we've discussed Forrest, um and Spence showed it at Middlesbrough at times. He was basically playing winger at times for, for Middlesbrough. So, yeah, I, I like Spence. I went for low because I thought he was more guaranteed. Um, starting at the time, but I think Spence is going to be right wing back and low left wing back, so yeah. Don't hate Spence. Uh, I'm just going to skip the next question for Angus and come back to you, Dan, with Aaron Palace's question because it's relatable to that. Um, he's put, should Gibbs, White and Powell be considered fixture-proof given the quality of, of opposition they scored against this weekend? Yes, Powell, well, more, seen, yeah. Powell, prob- Powell probably more than Gib- slightly more than Gibbs White, but yes. Hey, Angus, fuck off. This isn't your question, mate. <laughs> but you said you were coming to me. No, I said I'm skipping you. I'm coming back to Dan. <laughs> Dan? <laughs> I, I, I agree with Angus. Um, Powell's probably the... Uh, better than Gibbs White, but I think if you got both, I think they're going to do well. Um, they both look like talismans for their team, so yeah, both are good options. Cheers, that done. Remember, I did say quick fire. Uh, <laughs> the reason I came back to you is because which Nottingham Forest wing back should we target? And that's quite a common theme in the question, so um, I'm going to put you on the spot. I know you already own one, but let's say you own none of them. Choose one. I think I would go low because why on earth would Gayton Bong ever overtake low? Get back <laughs> that in. is a very, very good point, and I was not expecting that answer, but yeah, I completely agree. He has definitely got to be nailed, hasn't he? Yeah, I hope so. But Angus, I am coming to you now. FPL Hindsight has asked if you've got two chips left. Um, and game week 14 is the best time for goal fest. When would you play the other one, and which one would you play? He's already played the away days. Um, I mean, it the boring answer is it depends on like what your team is, yeah. Um, because you know, if you've got sort of a certain set of keepers, for example, Jeepers Keepers jumps out. Um, I mean, I'm looking, for example, if I choose to play it, Middlesbrough, the next two play Peterborough and Barnsley, 
Coventry play Blackburn and Preston. There's there's potentially a Jeepers Keepers in there if you're on Lumley and Moore. Um, that's got the biggest upside, anti Jeepers Keepers. I mean, that's got the potential to score you the biggest amount of points for a week, hasn't it? Upside is probably goal fest because if you play it on the right week, you could end up with like eight, nine goals. He's playing uh, that one in 14 now. Yeah. But like, yeah, so, of the other of the other ones remaining, it's probably Jeepers Keepers. Yeah, I agree. Last two questions. I'm going to put two questions together for Dan because they're basically the same question. FPL Buddy has asked, put FPL Buddy, sorry, has asked Robinson replacement considering the fixtures. And FPL Reactions, Lewis, is put who are the best midfielders for the run of games ahead. So it's basically the same question, um, but we can replace. You've got the funds from Robinson. I, I assume he means Robinson from West Brom. So I th- I'm going to stop using fixtures because I don't think it's working. And I'm just going to go for talismanic players. So get Wallace, Wilson, Zink and Argyle. Billing, Christie, Powell, Swift, Cornick, any of them are fine. I completely agree. And I was going to make a point about that at the end because I've made a few notes on that on my answers. But we'll come back to that then. Um, Angus, last question. Um, this is from Richard BCFC. Um, Birmingham fan, I'm guessing he won't be listening to this again after Dan slagged them off. Um, Brereton Diaz is now joint top goal scorer of the top four gaffer strikers, Victor Mitrovic, Diaz and Slanky. Who would you leave out? Just one of them for Angus. As mad as it seems, I might say Brereton Diaz. Oh, I was not expecting that. I put down on my notes, Slanky. Slash Mitrovic, but not really Mitrovic. The only reason Slanky's like Dan mentioned earlier on, you could go to Billing or Christie. Yeah. Bredson Diaz is a title. Go on, explain your answer, actually. Yeah, I mean, I just think he's he's on an incredible run. Don't get me wrong, he's had an incredible run. I think there's some reason for concern with that Blackburn team, or I think if he if he doesn't keep up that run, if he doesn't keep scoring, that team will go dry. Where those yeah. others can set up other guys, you know, Solanke playing with Christie, with Billing, with Anthony, with Lowe, Mitrovic with the guys he's playing with. I mean, Victor, partially the price and partially just he's playing so well, but, you know, even with the guys he's playing with, there's there's guys around him. It feels like if Brereton, Brereton Diaz, it's both the positive and the negative with him in that everything will go through him. But if it doesn't, I feel like there's less there. Isn't it similar to like Wallace at Millwall, though, with him being like the main talisman, he's going to pick yeah. up yeah. Know, the I mean, most that's, bonus that's the... point stuff, whereas Solanke, he could easily do nothing in one game week and Billing takes top bonus and scores, Christy does that, Anthony does that. Do you think or Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. That's the sort it's of a tough guess, question. I'll give him that. That's the risk in what I'm saying. Um, yeah. where 
What I would say is don't do what I've been doing and swapping them out. No, pick, pick three or two. Gotta pick. Yeah. I'd probably say I'm don't. a perfect example for that. I've had three, other than doing so much stupid with Vimin this week, but I've had three of them and I haven't had Solanke. Mainly due to playing away days, but on the basis, I feel like you can't go without Mitrovic, even though we've got Harry Wilson there, Carvalho when he comes back. He's just too good for this league in goal-scoring terms. Brez and Diaz, I just see him as that main man. And then Victor, I finally got him after mentioning for weeks and weeks. He's just scoring goals all the time, isn't he? But it's a tough question, but you like Solanke scored while I haven't had him, so I've obviously lost out on his points there. I've just got lucky where Brez and Diaz scored an hat-trick in one of the weeks. So it kind of made up for it, but it's a tough one, isn't it, that one? It's a tough question, yeah. though. Um, well, I think it goes um, back to what I said, captaincy. If you if you want to captain a Bournemouth, then you, you have, for say, like, a few of the games, then you get Solanke in. Yeah. If not, I think you can do without Solanke. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think you can. But, yeah, that wraps it up, I think. Um one point I do want to make is I think it's evident from the last two game weeks and the last week in the championship is you cannot predict anything in this league. It is ridiculous. And I think long-term planning you just can't do because so much changes, whether it's form, whether it's players out of favour or just rotation through tiredness, I don't think you can plan long term I wish I'd just gone away days dead early within the first three weeks and just got it out of the way because I planned for game week 11 and it's just gone tits up um, obviously I'm not saying it'll go wrong every time but I think don't focus on fixtures too much um, look at the players who were in form get on them early and then get them out at the right time which is easier said than done but you know get when someone's not in form, get them out for somebody who is. And I think playing safe is the best way. We are perfect examples of that. We've took risks, and it's probably it as well with the pod team. We haven't we haven't overfought it. We did our overall in about 10 minutes before deadline, before game week 10, didn't we? And we yeah. literally picked the team based on talisman and plays in form, didn't we? Yeah. So, yeah. That's the words of wisdom coming from me this week, um, my listeners. But yeah, um, that was a long one, but I thought, you know, there's quite a lot of talking points from this week. It's getting interesting now. Only three more game weeks till the boost reset. And then I think we can get a clear picture of how well we're doing or how shit we're doing, who's going to be up there, stuff like that. Um, But yeah, international break now, so we're going to have a little break. And we will be back before Game Week 12 with something for you. But as ever, thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. Um, Yeah, thank you, Dan Angus. It's been a pleasure as always. Um, This is Sunday night, um, 11 o'clock now, so I'm going to go to bed. And this will be released Monday. Ciao for now.